Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. The Around the League Podcast. Can't play the guitar. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by two heroes, Mark Sessler and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Happy Thanksgiving, one day removed. The day after, three heroes, really. Why isn't Crystal a hero? I think she's a hero. She's a heroine. Well, I, no, Crystal oh, is fair. definitely a hero, but she's not in she's the room. She's a heroine. Yeah, I'm behind the glass. So I would have to say, like, the structure full of heroes, and that doesn't really have the same ring. If you notice it. that Dan isn't quite as excited um, with his intro today, it's because I showed up here for the podcast. They thought they were getting a <laughs> boss, a boss-free podcast because I'm not here at work today. And you know, look, I don't, I don't blame them. It's a little more exciting that you're going to run this the isn't place. True. But, but this I isn't showed true, up. But I like, I like this type of uh, this logic. <laughs> but we were happy to have you here. Um, yes, it's the day after Thanksgiving. Mark and I were talking downstairs earlier. Um, I have reached maximum levels of fatness. This is what happens <laughs> every year for the NFL. You start, the season starts, and then they have all these catered dinners and lunches, and mm-hmm. then you stop going to the gym as much as you should. Hit the level, Thanksgiving, hit the level of maximum fatness. Uh, it's time to go to the gym and eat better. Mark, we go to the same gym. We've never seen each other at the gym. Well, I and listen, This is I used to go to the gym regularly. And I signed up for this place, which is, you know, a hop, skip, and a jump from our workplace it's literally here. half a mile from here. I believe, road. reportedly, that Crystal goes there, too. But Crystal, I you go? Know. I do, and I don't see any of you guys, so I'm I just saw doubting K- if you guys go. <laughs> no, I actually I've saw K-Rich Patrick once. Downstairs really? before. Yeah. Awkward. Patrick goes, too. This is I've very. This is maybe subconsciously the reason I don't want to go, because I'm starting from the basement, fitness-wise. Mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with people. I would not want to see you guys working out. That's it. Just that's what I'm saying. Crystal, it's embarrassing. Well, that's Crystal. One time I was on the elliptical machine and you were in front of me on the treadmill, but I didn't want to say anything because it's like we're all we're doing our own thing. Say hi to her. No, I didn't want to say it because she was working out. I was doing my thing and it it felt weird. Would you have wanted me to come up to you during your workout and say hi? It doesn't bother me at all. I don't have. I think you guys. (laughs) That's because you're in. That's because. Well, you're in good shape. And none of us are. I've actually never worked out at a gym in my life. This is a true statement. I know it's shocking looking at my physique, (laughs) um, but it's it's something I've never done in my life. But you're trim. See, I feel like I am relatively trim, but I'm it's starting to get ugly. No, I think you look like general. Well, the biggest issue in a shirt, in a baggy shirt. Yeah, the issue we were talking about. Um, because I don't think you're at maximum fatness levels, personally. No. But we both have to get into suits for the Super Bowl, for <laughs> the game itself, for right. uh, NFL honors. Uh, and at this point, it's not happening. So that is the big plan hmm. for December, uh, eating a little better and going to the gym. Maybe we'll see each other. And K. Rich, I will definitely say hello One to you. One thing, am I hearing New Year's resolutions that will never come to pass? No, this is this playing. is real, but it's like, you don't have, you're not maximum fat. You have, you have a sizey glow to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a trend in the entire NFL. You know, Bill Belichick. Glow. I don't know if you've oh, noticed. Man. You look at Bill Belichick and some of these coaches, they come in in August, 
and even Andy Reid is less of Andy Reid. And then more and more, if you look at the pictures from August to December, it's like they're different people. Right. Well, they're summered, and then they get it gets very ugly. It's a tough job. Very rough. So let's. So we'll we'll keep you guys up to date on that. <laughs> but uh, let's let's move on to the games, and we'll start with the Thanksgiving games. Very uh, fascinating. I would say is the word that describes these three games. Is that fair? Some of these subplots. Yeah, they that each were. There wasn't like a stinker of the three. They were all interesting. Well, we'll start with with the first game. Why not just start there? And uh, the Detroit Lions absolutely demolished the Packers, forty to ten. Uh, it could have been worse than that, to be honest with you, uh, because the Lions let the Packers hang around in the first half. This was a, this was what you would call a great reveal game. Uh, the Packers cannot be taken seriously. Greg? That's your favorite list, the yeah. list of teams that can't be taken seriously. They're 5-6-1. and one. They have to win out to make the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers, it sounds like he will return for their next game. They have Atlanta at home. They're at Dallas. They have Pittsburgh and Chicago. They're going to have to run the table and hope Detroit goes 2-2. Two and two. Could that happen? I still think it could. I believe in Aaron Rodgers that much that things could turn around. I don't. I don't disagree with that or have a problem with that. And I'm not. You know, people were uh, tweeting at ATL and at us saying, you know, get the fork out for Green Bay. And it's like you simply cannot do that yet because mm-hmm. can they end up with five losses, one tie, and a whole bunch of wins? Yes, they can. Well, yeah. I mean, I think, and I I agree with you on that. I think, and I I tweeted yesterday that I thought all the people that were completely writing off the Packers are going to be right back on board when Rodgers throws four touchdowns next week. But at the same time. They're putting. He's now in a position, the exact position they didn't want to be in, where he, when he got back, they were going to have to be perfect going out. And I think this is a good, a very good Packers team when Aaron Rodgers is there, and obviously a very poor team without him. I just don't think they're at a level of greatness where they we can expect them to win out. I mean, what is their schedule going forward? That, that I just ra- I just uh, listed it actually one by one. It's good to see you're not listening to me a- at all. Um, this was the biggest yardage differential of any game this year. So their defense, I think, has been a bigger problem than even the quarterback play. And that's why I heard a lot of Packers fans saying this season is over. Look to the draft. The season would be over if Chicago's defense wasn't terrible, if Detroit hadn't blown the game against the Bucks and the Steelers. If Detroit had one more win, I would say the Packers are done. But I, I still could see Detroit going 2-2. Two and two. I remember when Big Ben, when he was suspended to start the year, <laughs> and you thought, oh, I remember thinking this is the year that Pittsburgh – they bottom out. They don't have their quarterback at first. For six games, it became four. But they went three and one. And it was like that team went on to the Super Bowl. It was a complete team. Green Bay is not a complete team. They really – I'm not sure. My concern about them is, oh, so you plug one guy back in, and yes, he's the greatest quarterback around, and suddenly they're a Super Bowl team again? I don't buy that. I think they can get into the playoffs, but they're not a Super Bowl team. Here is the schedule, by the way, Dan, for a second. Time. Yes. Versus Atlanta. Thank at, you. Versus Atlanta, so they get back on the winning track. Yes. Then at Dallas versus Pittsburgh at Chicago. None of those are easy, but none of them are against Super Bowl favorites, and it's good that they get to play the Bears. You know, If you're a Packers fan, you want those division games because that's how they can pass those guys. I feel like they'll drop one of those games yeah, and probably. miss the playoffs by half a game, and then it will remember that they couldn't win once when Rodgers wasn't on the field. Um, all right, let's move on to the second game. Uh, this was a Dallas Cowboy 31-24 win over the Raiders. A game the Raiders were up 21-7 with two minutes to play in the second quarter before the Cowboys woke up. Um, Mark, we uh, watched this game together, covered this game together. What did you take away from it? Well, I remember when they were up by that count that we were, I am in, you were at your house uh, on your couch covering mm-hmm. the contest. I was in our newsroom. Yeah. To be a presence on the ground in our newsroom. You're a very important figure within the structure. We were saying to each other, listen, this is not going to last. We, you, you just got a sense <laughs> that Dallas was going to win this game, even right. when they were down. And Dallas kind of reminds me of the Lions in the sense that you just don't know what you're going to get week to week. Dallas can blow up, but they've beaten up, they've beaten up on bad teams. And the Raiders well, they've just come back on bad teams. The Raiders just aren't a team that, can, that they can get out like that. And I thought that Matt McGloin did a nice job for them first half, and then everything vanished in the second half. I think you have to give the Cowboys a lot of credit for winning in tough spots. And I've I've heard this, that you can't, you guys are saying you can't figure them out, and you don't know what to make of them after this. I think they've been a tough team recently. They should have lost that Vikings game, and they 
put together a last-minute drive to win with a touchdown. Yeah, to they, beat the Vikings. Well, right, on. but they, they also could have collapsed. Situation. They could have collapsed versus the New York Giants. That looked everything like a Cowboys collapse game, and they finished it off with a last-second drive. They're way behind against the Raiders. They come back. This doesn't mean they're a great team, but they're a little tougher, I think, than people give right. them credit for. One thing. So they lose to the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Broncos, the Lions, and the Saints. That essentially is a handful of playoff right. level teams. They aren't beating quality football teams. And you know what? Yes, they're probably going to win the East and they're going to walt roll into the playoffs. Probably. Hey there. Well, I don't know. I mean, they, or, Why? The, or them wow. or the Eagles because they're 7 and 5 and this is not a 10 win. Yeah, but right, is, but there's two good teams in or this, two teams in the mix. This is like my biggest takeaway from the game was here they are again. They're at 7 and 5 as they enter December. It's all in front of them. They they have they should win the division, but they they were in position to win the division each of the last two years too. So I'm not willing to assume anything well, other than they'll probably be playing for the crown on right. the last day of the season. Well, and they I played agree. Philly in week 17. I'm not handing them the division. I'm just saying whatever it is you they did, do. Though. Well, I said probably whatever it is they do, <laughs> they're going to be quick. They're going to be a quick serving for gotcha. someone else in January. Well, you said you know we're trying to figure out who this team is. I think you just told us they're a borderline playoff team. All I'm trying to say is if you look at the last month alone, they've won in some tough spots that the Cowboys don't always win in. You can say, oh, it was against the Raiders. Well, the Steelers didn't come back when they had a chance to beat the Raiders. Other teams have lost to the Raiders. They, they easily could have lost to the Giants. I'm just They've shown a little something. I think Romo and Des Bryant have taken over those games. He's finished off the last couple games very well. And. Uh, I, I think Mark and I are on very different pages with this Dallas team because I also think if they did get to the postseason, I think they would certainly be very competitive in a wild card matchup and could win a game. But I just don't know if they could get there. They're set, that's why they're an odd team. They're a talented team that could play against anyone, but they're also ripe for collapse. Look, the 7-9 Seahawks beat the New Orleans Saints in the playoffs. I'm not Anything can happen. But I look at Dallas as one of the more poorly coached teams around mm. that is continually disorganized and can't get anything going. They I have- was impressed. I was ready to get those. So- I almost sent a mass text between, between our group about the pants, <laughs> and I thought, ooh, that's jinxing it. Well, that, it. It didn't make a difference. There was a moment where had Oakland, it looked like Oakland was going to maybe win this game. You knew Wes was in hot water with the softball pants if they pulled this one out. Will Chris Wessling eat his softball pants? Yeah, well, let's take a look at that just for one second. Uh, let's just take it the the Raiders schedule now that for West to eat softball pants they need to go two and two down the stretch uh, and we won't s- happen we start at uh, New Jersey to face the Jets have to win that one it's over if they don't win that one. must pants situation then <laughs> home to the Chiefs you know it wouldn't be absolutely shocking if they won at home but it would be pretty surprising at Chargers very tough game also winnable and then home to Broncos now here is. The silver lining, if you want West to eat nylon and zipper and other composite parts, if you can steal, um, if you can beat the Jets or the Chargers, one of those games, and then hope that Peyton Manning and the Broncos don't need Week 17 and they play uh, Brock, uh, Brock Osweiler, you know, maybe you're in business. You could win that game week 17. That would be exciting. Just think of America coming together, sitting in front of with their family, a new holiday tradition, <laughs> getting excited about Wesling eating some softball Literally pants. Wesling's <laughs> life hanging in the balance of that week 17 game. That'd be exciting. All right, let's move on to the final Thursday game. And this one was a, a wild one. The Ravens with a 22-20 win over the Steelers. I had a hero pick on the Steelers. Did not work out. This came down. You couldn't have gotten that more wrong. I had a hero oh, you pick had the hero. on the Ravens. Oh, that's Four right. of you guys had the Steelers. <laughs> Another hero. Ah, Dan creating new narratives. <laughs> uh, yes, Greg. That's what I knew that. We talked about it downstairs. Greg had a hero pick on the Ravens. Congrats, Greg. You are blowing it open in the uh, hero pick category now. Um, this was a crushing loss for Greg's Steelers and Greg's Big Ben-led Steelers. The MVP conversation over. Oh, I picked the Ravens last <laughs> night, so I'm, I was happy. Greg, what are the Steelers? They're done, right? No. I saw the headline on Around the League, and I have to admit I cringed a little bit. The Steelers are Ooh, all... In podcast critique ba- of work. All but that. No, no, this is just differing opinions like we right. have sometimes right. in, in real life. The Steelers all but Eat. done at 5-7. and seven. 
I don't I don't know. Couldn't the Ravens lose next week and the Steelers win and then they're tied for the last spot in the playoffs with three weeks to go? That would not surprise me that much. I no. don't think they're all but done. I think the Ravens are now the favorites, though, for the wild card. I think all but done suggests that there is a glimmer that they could <laughs> climb back into this. It's, <laughs> they're not done. They're all but done. I feel and like the Browns are well, all but done. The Steelers... Well, uh, s- strangely... Cleveland has split with Baltimore and Cincy, and so this is a week-to-week thing where whatever happens with this sixth seed, how you feel a week ago has nothing to do with how you feel today. Right now, the Ravens look good. I don't want to kill every team that loses every game the rest of the season in the AFC, though. You know what I mean? We've killed none of them, so... They're all sitting out there, and they all are mathematically hanging on by a thread. And so, but but really, Pittsburgh needed to win that game last night, and they it came down. I mean, the, that was one thing where you're great trying, game trying to figure out what's yes. the storyline here. What and it kept. It's like that the Patriots Broncos game. It kept changing, one crazy event after the next. Did Mike Tomlin do it on purpose? I, I can't say he did. Sideline. Getting in the way of Jacoby Jones. I can say that he did it on the line. I would say this. I don't. I. I think in his. Who knows what's going on in his mind? But he didn't show immense urgency to get <laughs> out of the way. Is that fair? I don't think he was insane. I'm going to plant myself here and create havoc minutes before this happened. But you know what? He didn't get out of the way. <laughs> Harbaugh had the best lines asking if he got credit for the tackle. I mean, that was a four-point play right. by Tomlin. Imagine if that ended up turning the game around. I was ready to jump on and help you write some posts last night because that would have <laughs> been bedlam. <laughs> and Well, you had two. That was a, it was a great primetime Thursday game, especially after the butt fumble game last year, which was <laughs> an awful game with the, with the exception of that uh, memorable play. But in this game, you had two... Crazy plays that you never see. You had that situation on the sideline, and then the Le'Veon Bell mid-rush concussion going over the goal line, which was like crazy scary to watch and was a rule that you never hear about. Um, it, that was a very memorable game uh, in these two teams. It, they, it was a reminder of how good this rivalry is. Five straight games in this rivalry have been decided by three points or less. I, it was weird to me how much of an offensive game this was because the – Ravens scored, other than at the end of the half, uh, when they weren't really trying to score, they scored on every possession except for one. I mean, it was all field goals for the most part. And then the Steelers were in such a tough spot, and they went touchdown, punt, touchdown, touchdown in the second half. So the Ravens' defense, which has gotten a lot of credit this year, could not hold on to that lead. I think Ben Roethlisberger was playing very well. Well, and the Ravens' defense was outstanding in the first half, but both of these quarterbacks... Made some key throws. They broke. I mean, I was. I don't think Flacco has played a better game this season. I agree I, totally. I mean, he, he, in the sense that the Ravens looked kind of like what we saw at the tail end of last year when they got their act together. Now they're not the same team, but they got their deep ball back, and we saw that against the Jets. And without Bolden, that's been tough for them to do, but they made it work last night. I think his best two games of the year, other than week one, where I, I actually played well in Denver, were the last two. And if you're a Ravens fan, you have to believe that this team has something championship quality about them that they can get into the playoffs, and I would not be surprised if they win a game in the playoffs if they get there. Like, last thing, and I, I do want to cycle back. It's not, it is too early to, to fork the Steelers or call them out, and I, and I want to go back to what Chris Wessling said weeks ago because I, I actually Who's thought Chris the Steelers Wesley? were done. He is a mysterious friend of ours that floats in and out at will. Ah, okay, go on. Uh, but he said back then, listen, when you've got a quarterback, a franchise quarterback like back like Big Ben under center, I'm not going willing to count them out. And and I have to agree that these teams that have these guys, they're never dead until they're mathematically dead. I know we want to move on, but they have three of the last four games at home. Miami, Cincinnati, and Cleveland are those three games. I like their chances in those games. They have a very interesting at Green Bay in Week 16, which will be big for both no sides teams. of things. And the AFC North, anyone wanting to hand the AFC North to the Bengals? Too early. Both of these teams play the Bengals. Yep. It's too early. We'll see, Mark. We'll certainly see. <laughs> Dan is completely checked out for this production today. <laughs> what do you mean? I was, I was engaged it's post-holiday. There. I was totally engaged. This is like our seventh podcast of the week. You know, just, <laughs> The focus is there. It's laser. K-Rich, we're going we're gonna to keep moving. How many podcasts have we done this week, K-Rich? 
20, 20, 25. Feels right. We just feel like since there'll be less people at computers or even noticing if we do a podcast, let's do more of them. Inundate. Pre-production the meeting, podcast, <laughs> post-production meeting, it can it can wear down on you, especially <laughs> after a big Thanksgiving meal. It's a grind. It's a grind. All right, let's move on to the rest of the week 13 schedule. We will start with the games that we love. And uh, there are three games that really jump out. Uh, we'll start with the game of the week, the New Orleans Saints. Heading to Seattle to face the Seahawks, uh, a battle of two teams that, in my mind, these are the two teams that are wrestling for that home field throughout the NFC. Greg, I'll throw it to you. The Saints have been absolutely dominant at home, a little shaky on the road. Does that spell doom for their chances of beating the Seahawks? No, I think they can throw the ball anywhere. And I think you got to see... Not what... on the Jets! Not on Rex! Actually, that's fair. They, they threw it okay, but you're right. That feels like four years ago. <laughs> it does. It really does. The Seahawks, are. this is their first game without Browner and Thurman at the same time. I think that's a, a big factor. I think the Saints are getting Jimmy Graham a little healthier as they go. I think they figured out how to use Meacham. The running game has been a little bit better lately. I give them a fighting chance. In Seattle, this is not a Seahawks offense that I think is going to put up 30 or 40 points on New Orleans. Weird stat. These teams are a combined 16-0 and on Monday Night Football in their last wow. 16 Monday Night Football games. Wow. Something's got to give. Something's got to give, as we've written in many posts. Uh, you know, <laughs> look, I this is an NFC title game preview, I think. About the Panthers. Our team. This is just my wow. feeling that, like, and I and I came into this season thinking the Saints were going to roll out an eight and eight record, and I'm just so impressed with what they've done with Peyton back in the mix. It's it's like that. It's that defense though is one of the reasons because the offense has always been good, but I want to see what this defense does against uh, Russell Wilson. What a the, what a great day for vertically challenged uh, guys like myself. I mean, Breeze and Wilson, the you know the little guys going after each other. Who would you? I guess we'd rather have Breeze if you have to choose I love Breeze Russell or Russell Wilson. I have In a what sense? Crush choose I don't know. Sense. Just for one game. Oh, I'd rather. No, oh, I'd take Russell Wilson. Really? Yeah. I go with the young guys like Russell Wilson. He, you know, he's one win away hmm. from having as many wins as a quarterback in his first two seasons in 60. Three years. Percy Harvin, I think we'll see the full Percy for the first time this year, which should be a lot they're of fun. Still, right. They're still uh, protecting him in practice, I'm seeing. I guess is that something that's just going to happen all year? That's a concern. I mean, it's coming back from a very serious injury. That's a concern. The problem with the Saints is their schedule is so hard that they could be the one seed, like you said. That wouldn't shock me, but they could easily be the five seed because the Panthers could pass them. They have two games against against each other. They have this game. They have to go to St. Louis, which is tough. The New Orleans Saints offense is going to really be challenged because all these teams they're playing in the next four four weeks have great defenses. And the entire around the league team, including the great Kevin Patra, picked the Seahawks in that game. All right, and let's move on to our other big marquee game of the week. The Kansas City Chiefs are hosting the Denver Broncos. The second time these teams are meeting in the last three weeks, of course, the Broncos handed the Chiefs their first loss of the season. The Chiefs lost again, and now they're looking to avoid a three-game losing streak. A key game here. Mark, tell me how you feel about this. We had a, You have a hero pick here, a little hero spoiler before our segment. You have the Chiefs knocking off the Broncos and taking control of the AFC West. I kind of surprised myself by picking this way because I don't think Kansas City is a superior team to Denver. I think they'd go about 5-11 and 11 if they played 16 times against each other. If that, maybe not. Maybe they win three. This game, though, in Kansas City. <laughs> One of those classic Sessler hard this is, sells well, on listen, the This is though. definitely a Sessler. Listen, I don't, I don't look at each of these games and just say... I'm going to logic this to death before I pick one or the other. I, no, it's going to be cold you? in Kansas right. City. It's going to be 34 degrees. Position. Dead last. <clears throat> Manning 7-10 and 10 in games under 40 degrees. I don't think this is in a game that the Chiefs have no chance in. This is a, Arrowhead's tough to win in. <laughs> you know, last week, if, if last week was the only week you had watched in the NFL this season, which would have been a strange move, yeah. Alex Smith was lighting up the scoreboard while Peyton Manning was on a run-first team that couldn't throw the ball down the field at all and made some questionable decisions at times as they lost the game. It was like they traded places. You know, like those great 80s movies. So is this a (laughs) one-week trend? Very 
much likely. But the Chiefs offense is Dudley des- Moore involved. <laughs> they deserve some credit, and I and I am curious as you are about what the Broncos offense is going to look like. Uh, you know. The Chiefs' defense, though, at this point, are they even a good defense without Justin Houston in this game? Well, they haven't been a good defense over the last two weeks, giving up average of like 34 points or something after giving up like 12 all season long. But you noted this before. They weren't getting to the quarterback. They've shown no ability like any other team to get to Manning. And so I don't think that's the factor. I just wonder, can Kansas City keep this close enough to do something? They do so many phases of the game well. They do all the little things well. They don't make mistakes, typically. They're in every one of these games they've played this season. They've won nine of them. It's not impossible. My feeling is that the Broncos blew their chance to really have a regular season where people are going to ride high on them into January when they blew that game against the Patriots. I think they're a better team than the Chiefs, and I think they're going to take care of business. But ultimately, yeah. I, you believe- I thought they're going to win the division anyway. So this is this game is they're they're going to take care of business and they're going to roll to the division and then we'll see what happens. Can in you January. do you have faith that Manning and this Broncos team can play three cold weather games and then go play a Super Bowl in New York City to get in and and, and go four zero in those games? N- no, I'm not confident. But I think they're the the most talented team in the AFC. They're they're kind of a tough team to figure out right now. They can run the ball, and that's why Peyton Manning didn't throw it that well. I think Noshan Moreno deserves a little more credit than he's gotten. He's made people miss. I mean, Ray Rice didn't make a single person miss last night, or he hasn't all season. Chris Johnson never makes anyone miss. Noshan Moreno makes people miss. They can run the ball. Just watching that Chargers game last week and seeing Keenan Allen just destroy the Chiefs with these crossing routes. You can easily imagine Decker and Welker doing that. And you saw the tight ends give the Chiefs all sorts of problems. And you can imagine Julius Thomas looks like he's going to be back for this game. I just have a hard time seeing the Broncos stay. I think Manning helps quiet that cold weather narrative. Andy Reid will be a tough coach of the year narrative when they finish 10-6. and six. Oof. Fighting words. Wait, but you picked them to I'm win this game. I'm just throwing things out there. You're point. all over the map right now, Cecily. <laughs> um, all right, the third game that kind of jumped out to us, the Arizona Cardinals, suddenly an unstoppable force within the National Football League at 7-4, and four, <laughs> head to Philadelphia to play an Eagles team that can jump back into a tie with the Cowboys with a win. They are 6-5 and five on their own three-game winning streak. Greg, I ask you, Nick Foles, against a very good Cardinals defense. Will he come back to earth, or will he continue to light up the planet? I think he'll come back to earth. This is the best defense they've played. It's really the only good defense they've played since Foles has gone on this run. Greg and Kevin Patrick both took the Cardinals in this game, and uh, Wesling, Sessler, and myself all went with the Eagles. I want to see if Carson Palmer keeps this run going. He's done it against teams that weren't able to rush the passer too well, but he's thrown it really well for three weeks. I've Even though I picked the Eagles to win the division before the year, when I watch them week to week, I don't fully buy in. If you love narratives, this is a great one, though, because there's been some back and forth between Arians and Chip Kelly that Kelly runs a great college offense, in quotes, and, and Kelly kind of fired back saying, you know, we don't really run a read option offense. It's just a play and all this stuff. Uh it's uh, a little old school, new school right I here. I like this, this uh, heat on this coach heat on heat. Mm, always love Arians, that. Kelly. Well, they're they're two of the coaches that don't they don't care. No. They don't give a Eagles haven't beaten a, a winning team all year. These are these wow. are also two teams. That's true. <laughs> they haven't beaten a team with a winning record all year. These are two teams, and that feeds into the feeling I have. I don't believe really in either of these teams that ultimately, when push comes to shove, as actual NFC contenders. So it'll be good to see one put the other one in line a little bit here. Well, hold on. I believe in Arizona from the defensive side, and they actually... Yeah. Carson Palmer is they, involved still. They've got an interesting group of wide well. receivers. I mean, it's it's not Floyd just Larry is coming Fitzgerald. On. Yeah. We were talking about... You know Rashard Mendenhall must have done something well that we were actually talking about he him for a couple of minutes. He, <laughs> he played he well. Healthy. He looked healthy. He looked great. Ellington's great. They have some weapon. I think they're one of the more talented teams, and Arians has sort of figured out now how to use them. I, I think they're really dangerous. Dan's right, though, in the sense that you know they're running out of time to make a move for that wild card spot. They need, they need the Diners, basically, to stumble. They've won four straight. No, more, much they, bigger move can they And they, they get? haven't won five in a row since 1977, the year Dan was born. <laughs> That's not true, actually. No, you were born around that time. Much later. <laughs>
Defend your hero. All right. You know what that means. It is time for us to defend our hero picks. Every week uh, we have a segment devoted to the one ATL member that did not, that went against the grain and chose a team that no one else picked. We'll start with a game I picked. I have the Tennessee Titans going into Indianapolis and knocking off the Colts. I feel, wow. good, I feel pretty good about this. I like the Fitzmagic angle going on in Tennessee. I have a little vibe. Something weird happens every year involving playoff teams. I kind of think that the Titans could catch the Colts feasibly in the AFC South. And I, I think we all know the Colts are playing terrible. If you read Jim Irsay's Twitter feed, you know that. So you see Andrew <laughs> Luck losing two in a row for the first time in like 150 years. It's going to happen eventually, right? And they couldn't be playing any worse. They've been absolutely destroyed two of the last three weeks. Even the game they won, they played poorly for most of the game before turning it on. I think they are in a funk bordering on a tailspin. Do you see – so let's say so that would scramble this division up a little bit. Would Indy hold on and win the South? I don't know. I'm thinking it's going to get interesting. I have – that's my pick. I think something weird always happens. I think the Titans could be involved. Here. Okay. Fitz magic. Hashtag. They've been outscored – we had it in our uh, couch-gating tips of the week for Week 13. Check that out. What to watch for um, that Mark Sessler and I wrote on Thanksgiving for all of you out there. I believe it, the, the tally was 93-12. Yeah. to 12. In the first half of games, the Colts have been outscored the last four weeks. It's I, no fluke. They've looked awful in the first half. Awful. They've looked like... About as bad as I think the Titans are, too. I think the Colts and the Titans are not in the top 20 teams in the NFL right now. But I don't think the Titans are any better. I do like Dan's hero pick. That's you know Sometimes you look at these hero picks and you're like, ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like it because like he's going to get it wrong. How dare you, sir? Right. Well, if I'm you just... can get a favorite hero pick, that's always a nice spot to be in. That was the Ravens last night. All right. Our next hero pick, the New York Giants. Uh, heading to FedEx Field to play the Washington Redskins, a game that you know doesn't have much going for it. To be honest with you, both these teams are also ran status in the NFC East. However, Mark Sessler believes the Washington Redskins will come out of this game with a win. So I ask you, Sizzler, to defend your hero. Look, what I would—I'm hoping that they win so that we can get off this. Uh, RG3 narrative that's spinning into the abyss. I just I don't want another week of father visiting locker room, uh, <laughs> brush back comments. I just, you know what? Look. Why don't you back off, Mark, bringing Ooh. up the father? Why don't you listen <laughs> well, to RG3 and RG3 back off? Bit. I would, look, this is a lost <laughs> year for RG3. I, I, don't, I don't think he's obviously been fully healthy the entire way. We're not going to know till next year what we really have in this guy. And I, and I just I would like to see the Redskins finish this season as soon as possible. They're a tough watch. So why, but that's not, that's not really any explanation why you think they'll win the game. Well, I don't know. Listen, again, I, with some of these picks, we, the, these two teams are maddeningly inconsistent. There's nothing to say, oh, the Giants are obvious. Giants are stopping the run really, really well. The Redskins have more rushing yards per game than any other team since week six. Hmm. That's one of There's these. A good stat. Let's see what That's happens. Good. Let's like see what that. happens. I, I I think maybe Alfred Morris is the centerpiece of this offense. It's in Washington. There's it's in a Washington. factor. Not sure that's a good thing actually, but let's go for it. I think the Redskins. Giants. I think I think the Giants are going to play a meaningful game in December, oh. so they would have to win this game to uh, fulfill that prophecy. Yeah. Eli and Cruz and Knicks. These guys are all going to. Fill out statistically. I'm sure at some point they'll wake up and they're going to put up some numbers and Fill win games. Fill out statistically. Yeah. Yeah. These guys are mature. all, they're all going to mature t- statistically. Uh, okay. It's another way of saying they're going to get to their typical numbers. They've been, a, they've been bad all season. I think the Giants are going to finish pretty sh- well. I don't think it's going to matter ultimately. And, you know, the Redskins, the Redskins are a wreck. Did you see them on Monday night? Giants meaningful games in December. Meaningful for who? They're going to play one meaningful game in December. That'll be this one. How is this meaningful? Because it's the day their season ended. For yeah, the that, Monday, that Monday night game was potentially the beginning of the end for the Shanahan's because if they do go through December That's like fair. that, looking like a totally dead team, then he's gone. That's fair. All right, the final hero pick. <clears throat> I'm going to throw this. Sessler really saucy today, so we're going to keep the spotlight on him. Uh, Chicago Bears, Minnesota Boom. Vikings. Uh, Chris Wessling, who used to work here, he picked the Vikings. <laughs> uh, Mark, I will ask you to defend that hero. 
You know, I can't, I can't quite see where Chris was coming from with this or what state he was in when he made this decision. Georgia. Uh, well, more his physical I don't know if, if you are the man to be defending this hero. Adrian uh, Peterson. It. Adrian Peterson has historically done really well against the Bears. Three straight 100-yard games. This defense is just a wide-open prairie land for even average <laughs> running backs to run through. And it's in Minnesota. Look at the Bears. They've been it's a little good. disappointing. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see. The Vikings also have been frisky. They played well last week. They mm-hmm. took Dallas to the end. They're not a terrible team on offense when they want to be. Uh, I don't like the overall makeup of Minnesota, but listen, weirder things can happen. Last place in picks, Sessler, but first place in imagery, running through an open mm. prairie land. Listen, I last like year I won the like picks thing. This year I lost. I'd rather be first and last than just be wandering between fourth and fifth place two years in a row. I know, I know that uh, Adrian Peterson is not quite 100% this year, but if he doesn't run for 150 yards in this game, I'll be shocked. Here's a stat for you. Also from the couch gating tips of the week, the Bears have allowed more 100-yard rushers than any team in the league. They've allowed more this season than the last two seasons combined. They've had more games where they give up more than 40 points and I think Lovey Smith's entire tenure or something like that, which is bonkers. And Adrian Peterson has been running harder than ever the last three or four weeks. I think that's been his best part of the season. He ran really well against Green Bay. So you picked the Bears. I picked the Bears just because... Uh, the Vikings stink. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's my whole defense. But I think you can make the case. Weirder things have happened. Good luck, Wesleyan, wherever you are. Yes. All right, let's move on to the rest of the games. These were not games we deemed to be the games of the week or hero picks, but they're still, they exist. They're, they're something that's on the schedule. We we're con- contractually obligated to cover them, so we will. We're going to give them some respect. <laughs> we will start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers heading to Carolina to face the Panthers. Actually, this is a sneaky good game because uh, Very fun. the Bucs are playing excellent right now. They, they've won three straight. The Panthers, we know all about what the Panthers are doing. They are the ATL team of record. Um, Greg, how do you see this playing? I know we all took the Panthers, but uh, Tampa Bay could certainly make a game of this, right? Yeah, I expect it to be another close game. The Panthers' offense keeps other teams in games. For all the credit that Cam Newton has rightfully deserved. It's a very conservative offense. It's a run-based offense that never goes deep. The Bucks have been playing better lately. And Mike Glennon, every game you watch him, he makes another couple plays on the move. He, I don't know. I feel, I wrote, he, he feels like a, like a no-hitter in the top of the fifth right now. I almost don't want to talk about Mike Glennon wow. too much Interesting for analogy. fear of ruining him because it's been Almost too good to believe. Yeah, he's, I think he's on a 10-touchdown, one-interception streak over the last how many games. You know, the, you look at Shiano, who, not unlike Ron Rivera, who he'll face this week, a month and a half ago, Shiano looked like dead meat. The guy was going to be back coaching Rutgers or some other team a year from now. But if you find a quarterback, which they might have done, everything changes, doesn't it, from the coaching perspective. Suddenly, Shiano's the, plan and blueprint starts to look edgy. It starts to look real. And uh, I don't know. This is this is sort of a tricky game. This is interesting. All right, moving on. The Jacksonville Jaguars head to Cleveland to face Marks Browns. I don't really need to get into this too much. To tell you how far the, the Browns have fallen, both Wes and myself have taken the Jaguars mm. this week to win the game. I ask you, Mark, and I know you're rooting for the Browns, as you should. Uh, good luck to you on that. But I will ask you one Browns topic. Brandon Whedon starting Sunday. Uh, Jason Campbell potentially back next week. Have we seen the last of Brandon Whedon starting an NFL football game after Sunday? Assuming that Ever they again. don't have seven more injuries like they've had throughout the year where he keeps popping back <laughs> yes. up. Yes, I think so. And I think that, strangely mm. enough, the career arc for Brandon Whedon, I was like, who, who do, do I look at and say, yes, this will be him? It's basically Derek Anderson. Mm. Just couch him behind some legitimate starter that doesn't get injured and will occasionally catch a glimpse of Whedon uh, on a sideline from a southern city or somewhere out west. He could beat out Jimmy Clausen for a job, much that like Derek Anderson. That was what I was thinking. Clausen was the name that jumped <laughs> me because at least Derek Anderson had that one magical 2007 season. 
uh, magical in relative terms to the Browns franchise. <laughs> but Clawson was... He didn't even make the magical. playoffs. Magical. <laughs> they <laughs> nosedive and missed the postseason. Um, you know, Clawson was a guy that came out highly, uh, you know, came a, uh, was he a first-round pick? Second-round yeah. pick. He came out of the draft, a fairly high place in the draft, cratered as a rookie. Not that he was... His, Whedon was better than Clawson, but was basically an afterthought in the NFL by the time he was off his first team. I think I could see Whedon... Uh, coming to camp with a different team next year and then being cut at the end of preseason. I think that's where we're at. I see him more career arc as Kellen Clemens. You won't hear from him for about five or six years. He'll be 70. And then he'll pop up. He'll (laughs) he'll be getting like AARP checks and he'll start some games in like six years. And you're like, what? Brandon Whedon's still in the league? I think he's, you you look at the list of free agent quarterbacks out there right now. And it's abysmal. And so, yes, he will get picked up by someone. Dan's, Dan's probably correct. He's going to get a chance in a preseason game next year. And if he knows dives, he could be working at CVS next September. Who knows? No, I think Go Jaguars, by the way. Ruin that draft pick. Win this game. Um, next game up, the New England Patriots travel to Houston to face the Texans team that has literally no memory what it's like to win a game. They've lost nine straight. New England, one of the great blessed franchises in the history of the NFL, Greg. Uh, <laughs> seemingly a cake schedule every time I look up. The Texans, Greg. They just played the Panthers and the Broncos. <laughs> you know, but now you know, it softens up considerably it. AFC down the East stretch. Anger. Uh, Greg, this is not going to be a close game, right? They have owned the Texans in recent years in the playoffs and any time they've played them. This is a good test, though, for the Patriots' offense, which I think is the key thing to look at for them right now. Are they a dominant offense? And this is still a tough test for them. So I'm just kind of looking to see if Brady, Vereen, Gronk, Gamondola, whether they keep that run going where they look like a top-five offense. I'm looking right past the Texans. I want to see how they use their running backs this week after what happened with Ridley and the fumbling and, and just how is... You can, I don't think you can pull Ridley out of the mix. He's your best running back. He's got fumbling issues, but this team needs everyone. And does he get a big helping this weekend? And I want to see J. I want to just watch a nice full game of JJ Watt. I think he's a defensive player of the year. It'll be a tough one for voters to give it to a guy on such a bad team, but I think he's the easy choice. I hope he gets. Yeah, I don't it. think his plays change, but that I mean, these award things are about. It's a tough sell. Sometimes Cortez Kennedy won it on a one in fifteen team. Every once in a while, it right. happens. Well, I guess just to play devil's advocate, because I kind of agree with you on that, that Watt deserves it. But at the same time, if they end up going two and fourteen or three and thirteen, didn't he? This is not his fault that they're losing, but that means he didn't make enough or even one game impact play that swung a game and got them in, in the winning column. Don't you have to have a truly dominant season where you're changing games and winning game, like willing a team to victory? I think that's football. I think it's just hard for one person on defense to make that – any non-quarterback to, to make that big of a difference. I think he's had as good a season as any defensive player has in the last five years, you know, along with him last year. The Patriots close at Texans, home to Browns. At Dolphins, at Ravens, home to Bills. It's not that easy. It's pretty nice. It's, it's pretty not nice. bad. It's pretty nice. They are they are in play for the one seed, I think, for sure. All right, moving on. The Miami Dolphins and New York Jets. I don't know what to what to take out of this game because you have a Dolphins team that I wouldn't trust even a little on the road. I think the Jets have a huge advantage um, in the trenches which could swing this game. But then the Jets also have Geno Smith who's starting again. I think this is a Coin flip game. I took the Jets. Where did you guys fall on this? Patrick and I took the Dolphins. Uh, Mark and Chris were with you on the Jets. Wesley I was a little su- Jets every week. I was a little surprised that I thought Dan might even get a hero pick on the Jets. I guess I've given up on the Jets, and you guys have not. Well, listen, I don't mm. love the Dolphins on the road either, but the Jets. Look, at they've scored less than ten points in three of their last six games. They don't they- even try to throw the ball. No. But, the, you know, here's the problem. They were, and I thought that Geno Smith, I feel like his confidence is cracked because early in the year, one of the things I liked about him was that they were letting him and, and encouraging him to wing the ball downfield, and he was having some success at that. And then you see what they did against the Saints. I want to go back to that game because that, to me, looked like the blueprint for how New York could get to the playoffs, and we haven't seen anything approaching that since. If this game was in Miami, I would take the Dolphins. But the Jets are legitimately a very good home team this year, which has not been historically the case with the Jets of the Meadowlands. They're 4-1 and one this year at home, and I think that's the difference here. You said they, they could win in the trenches, and that's 
absolutely true when their defense is on the field. They could just destroy this Dolphins offensive line. But you flip it around, and the reverse could happen when Miami's on defense. Geno Smith's taken a lot of the heat, but their offensive line yeah. has been terrible. That's a good point. Uh, they, three straight games with under 10 completions, and a lot of that's because of the pass protection. All right, moving on, the Cincinnati Bengals head to San Diego to face the Chargers. Um, this is a game the Chargers absolutely need. They're 5-6. and six. Their playoff hopes are in serious danger if they can't hold off the Bengals. And I know in this room anyway, and Greg or Mark, I'll throw it to you to start, uh, we are not Bengals believers. Will they take care of business here and put the Chargers out to pasture? Well, when we talked about the AFC six seed hopefuls, I went with San Diego despite a really rugged schedule. I think this game sets up well for San Diego. Uh, Chargers interesting. They could they can score points on anyone or anything, and I and I I see this game being a shootout in the sense that Andy Dalton's going to be on his heels to score points. And I don't love the Bengals in that situation. That's why I picked the Bengals. Uh, Patrick and I took them. My theory with the Bengals now is they can never beat a good defense. And just because of Dalton, and I don't think they're good in those games. But the Chargers arguably have the worst defense in the NFL. They have no pass rush. Mante Teo is a total embarrassment. It's, a, it's amazing that wow, it's total not... total embarrassment. It's amazing he doesn't get more flack because he's involved in so many big plays that are being given up. And I think this is the rare game where it's like, okay, Dalton and them can actually score some points and they could win. Well, they are. The Chargers, no team is giving up a higher passer rating to opposing quarterbacks. One is. They're the second highest. I mean, so yeah, I guess it's a spot for Dalton to... They just gave up 38 to Alex Smith. No, I hear you. I hear you. I just, I, you know, I just want to see something more from the Bengals and maybe I'm not being fair to be honest. I mean, look at the... Honestly, look at Cincinnati. They're the... 10th game we're talking about here. They deserve a little bit more respect, I guess, for what they've done this season, but something's missing. It's a great matchup, Bengals defense versus Rivers and this Chargers offense, which I just talked about how much I love watching. I, I mean, it's about as good a defense-offense matchup as we have this weekend. Did you guys hear what happened to Manti Teo last, earlier this year before no. the draft? No. Crazy, like, fake girlfriend scandal. I'll, I'll fill you in on it I'll have after to, the podcast. Can Exhaust. you send me a link or something? Wait, I don't know if the media covered it. but Fake girlfriend? It's a crazy story. I'll tell you guys mm. later. Uh, all right, moving on. Oh, this game stinks. All right, the Atlanta Falcons head to Orchard Park to play the Bills. Hmm, what is interesting about this game? Let's see. Wes will be covering this. We for, all pick uh, the Bills. There's something. Which is amazing to imagine that, that the Falcons have fallen that far. Greg, um, what are we going to take out of this game? What are we looking for as we watch this game? Matt Ryan said the Bills' defense, when you look at him on film, has among the best collection of talent in the league. And I can't really disagree. And that's why I'm not totally... The Bills are the only team that we fork that I'm just a wee bit worried about because of their schedule mostly. And it, and it starts this week, I think, with an easy win. They're killing quarterbacks. They've got more sacks than any other team in the league. And Atlanta's got a terrible offensive line. You know, like Matt Ryan, his numbers aren't that off from last year. And the Falcons' offense still moves the ball. But I just think Buffalo... This is a game they're going to win. They're going to be 5-7, and seven, and you're right. Their schedule is the easiest among all teams, I think. I know they're not tanking, but, man, it, it almost seems like they're tanking. Like it's going to work out perfect, and they're going to get you Davian Clowney. <laughs> that, I mean, is there a better – could there be a more perfect fit for what the Falcons need than Clowney? I don't, they have a Washington Redskins game uh, – at home in Atlanta in Week 15. Otherwise, I don't think this is the next easiest game they have. I don't think they're going to win another game. Our final game on the schedule, the St. Louis Rams uh, will travel to San Francisco to face the Niners. Uh, the Rams are the team that I'm a little nervous about in terms of our, our four committee uh, getting back into it. Obviously, that becomes a moot point if they don't uh, pull off an upset here. Mark, is is there a way in which you see the Niners faltering at home against a resurgent Rams team. Sure there is, Dan, because you know the 49ers took care of business against St. Louis pretty easily earlier this year, but I, I don't think that's the Rams team that they're facing right now. Uh, St. Louis's defense, is, it, it's come together. I think that they've they played Seattle tough. They kicked some serious butt last couple of weeks, and Niners... You know, look, they are they are pressed to win each week if the, if the, Carolina, if the Arizona Cardinals keep up with them. Your boy in this game, your pleasant surprise of 2013, Robert Quinn. 
Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I don't you think went that, to the post for that Quinn. Didn't, that didn't come out of the the blue. I think people knew he had that potential, and he just really, really week after week, he's graded well. He's been excellent. I'm overdue to do one of those NFL Honors Awards watch. I think Quinn might be number two behind Watt in my own personal Defensive Player of the Year rankings. He's got to be right there. Do, do we, we have any great defensive players on good teams? That's It is a problem. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit of a problem, but I think you just go with the best player. That's my personal voting philosophy. Do we see Crabtree make an impact in this game? I don't know. I feel like they're they they've said that they're going to ease him back in. That has like 15 snaps written all over it. Yeah. He's coming back from a torn Achilles. Yeah. Everyone expects him to solve their season. Well, That's we'll a serious see, I injury. I don't think we'll see Crabtree as Crabtree the rest of the year. But the idea that he's even on the field replacing one of the other non-household names they had in there. I mean, it's it's an up it's an upgrade. All right, that is the games. We will be back on Sunday as we always will. And as will Chris Wessling from at least reportedly reportedly we'll be back Mark will get him at the airport uh, and bring him into the studio K Rich will be there as always Kevin Patra will be calling in from Chicago wow, we're going to have the whole gang Kevin back Patra, together I might even bring back that bit where I say that he's at a location with a Chicago celebrity <laughs> there's a buzz about that uh, so Sunday will be an exciting show we will be there all of us uh, a room full of heroes, truly. Uh, until then, this is Dan Hansen signing off for The Sizzler, The Boss, K-Rich behind the glass, and Lyle, the intern. Until Sunday. Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 